0: I'm your host, Gil Martin, I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Alright, welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, Christmas Eve edition. Hope everybody is enjoying the holiday week. More than the Islanders are as they drop a 3-2 decision to the Columbus Blue Jackets in a game that the Islanders really, on paper, should have won. And yeah, I think it's time to start getting a little bit concerned in Islanderland, as this team has now dropped three of their last four games. Yes, they got a point in one of those three losses, but dropping three out of four, not good and not good timing as we uh, head into the holiday break. Look, uh, maybe the holiday break coming at the right time for the Islanders as they need to regroup. We will discuss and break down this 3-2 home loss to the Blue Jackets. Plus, we will have a very special look at the Islanders' all-decade team as we now enter the final week of the 2010s. And uh, we will discuss... All things Islanders as we uh, head into the holiday break. Islanders off until Friday when they will be in Chicago to take on the Blackhawks. We will be off, by the way, uh, tomorrow for uh, Christmas Day. We will come back with a podcast on Thursday to get everybody up to date and break everything down. All right. Right now, let's take a look at the Islanders' 3-2 loss to the Blue Jackets. A frustrating game at the Coliseum. The goaltenders, uh, Corpasalo for Columbus, and Tomas Grice gets the call for the Islanders. And the Islanders got off to a pretty decent start, all things considered. They draw a penalty just a minute 25 into the game as Nathan Gerby, takes down Matthew Barzal. Tripping is the call. Islanders had some good chances on that initial power play, but were not able to convert. Then at the (coughs) 5... Excuse me. Then at the 6'17 mark, the Islanders break on top. It's Anders Lee with his 11th goal of the year. Assist to Matthew Barzal and Jordan Eberle and the Islanders had a one to nothing lead. Really, you know, this goal is set up by the patience and the vision of Matthew Barzal. He took the puck behind the net, had patience, skated around, uh, waited for someone to come open. Lee, like most of his goals, they are scored in front in the uh, dirty areas, deflections, uh, screens, tip-ins, And Lee comes through with the goal, but Barzal, showing his value to this team, just the way he handled the situation, the way he played the puck, the patience he showed, and the ability to rag the puck, to hold on to it, to deke and to uh, just, you know, maintain possession of the puck as long as he did. That made a big difference for the Islanders. And it set up the goal, the 11th, for Anders Lee. Barzal now 31 points to lead the Islanders after that first assist. As for Eberle, he has been red hot. The assist on that goal, and he ended up assisting on another... Eberle now with one goal and eight assists in his last seven games. So Jordan Eberle raising his game, and the Islanders held that one to nothing lead. Now, late in the first period, the Islanders made an announcement. Scott Mayfield did not dress for this game. He was a scratch, and the Islanders announced that that was due to an illness. The other scratch is Ross Johnston, Leo Komarov, uh, also sitting out. They were the forwards, and y- you see this lineup has a little less grit and a little less sandpaper in it than previous lineups, and I, I kind of question that a little bit with Clutterbuck also out of the lineup, but uh, they went with uh, Kuhn Hackle, who was in there, and Andrew Ladd, uh, both of them playing on fourth line minutes. Kuhn nine and a half minutes, 9.33 to the exact Lad nine fifty-three. So at the end of the first period, it was one to nothing Islanders, but the Blue Jackets outshooting the Islanders 13 to 9, and Grice, who had to be disappointed in the fact that, you know, finally the goaltending rotation was ended, and he ended up being the one who was passed over in the last game. Well, he came out with a strong period. A lot of good pad saves in that first period. 13 saves in all, and it was 1-0 Islanders after 20 minutes. Now, the Blue Jackets had the first quality scoring chance in the second period, and it, it was a, you know, basically Pierre-Luc Dubois hits one, uh, takes a one-timer from the left circle, but it clanks off the post and as a result, it remains a one to nothing game. Now boy Chuck takes a penalty at the 539 mark. He elbowed Nathan Gerby, so Columbus goes on the power play as a result and they do indeed take advantage. First Dubois hit the post. But then a shot from the right circle by Kevin Stenland, and that one beats Grice. It's his second goal of the season. Zach Wierenski with the lone assist, and it was a 1-1 game at the 6-18 mark of the second period. So, Islanders losing that early lead, and had to fall back a little bit on things as things were evened up at 1-1. Grice then comes up with an incredible save midway through the period as he was down prone on the ice after stopping Boone Jenner, but he was able to cover up the puck, and it remained a 1-1 game. But 33 seconds later, Dobson with a giveaway, and you're going to see that with an inexperienced player like Noah Dobson. He has a giveaway in the slot area, and Nathan Gerby takes advantage of it. Uh, one assist, Alexander Wenberg with the helper. Gerby's first goal of the year, the time of the goal, nine thirty-four. and the Islanders trailed at this point 2-1. But the Islanders did get the equalizer at thirteen forty of the second period. Boy Chuck with a hard shot. And Barzal gets the rebound, does a wraparound, and scores his 16th goal of the year. Boychuk and Eberly with the helpers, and it was all even at two apiece right now at that point in the hockey game, and Eberly again continuing his strong play at that point after 40 minutes. Blue Jackets out shooting the Islanders 30 to 26. Uh, so, a lot of action, wide open second period. And if you're the Islanders, if you're Barry Trots, 30 shots in 40 minutes is way too many shots for you to be allowing. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we will have. A recap of the third period, plus we will start to talk about the Islanders, all-decade team of the 2010s. Lots more to get to here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, so the disappointing thing for the Islanders, you know, here you are at home. It's a 2-2 game. You're the Islanders. You just got the tying goal in the last six minutes, 20 seconds of the period. You expect that the Islanders would be the team that would come out hustling and, and, and dominating the early part of the third period, but it was the other way around. Columbus was the team that came out buzzing. They had the better scoring chances early, then a little little mix-up in the crease between Gustav Nyquist and Matthew Barzal, and uh, two minutes for roughing for Nyquist, Barzal two minutes for unsportsmanlike conduct, so no loss of manpower, but certainly you don't want Matthew Barzal in the penalty box for two minutes in a tie game, so that really doesn't work all that well. Casey Sizikis with his hard work, then draws a penalty on Pierre-Luc Dubois. It's a hooking call at 638, and the Islanders go back on the power play again. A 2-2 game, a golden opportunity to gain the lead, and they had their chances on the power play. Anders Lee was in the crease, had a good scoring opportunity, but... Corposalo makes the save at point-blank range, and the Islanders are unable to cash in with the extra attacker. Then the Blue Jackets ended up with a power play as Eberle took a tripping call. He took down Alexander Wenberg at 11.34, but basically Sizikis does a good job early on in the penalty kill and sort of sets the tone. Takes the puck away from the defenseman and manages to get a scoring chance out of it, although he's unable to cash in. And and again, uh, a good save on that play by Corpus Allo. So the game starts to wind down Islanders, uh, kill off the penalty, but then the Islanders again, and we've seen this so many times in recent games. We saw it against Anaheim. We certainly saw it against Nashville, uh, where the Islanders getting sloppy in their own zone, and that is just not acceptable. Uh, The Islanders cough up the puck and the Blue Jackets turn it into the go ahead goal. Vladislav Gavri- uh, Gavrikov, a backhander at 16:31. Texier and and Dubois with the helpers and it was 3 to 2 Columbus with just 3:29 left in regulation. The Islanders pull Grice with about a minute and a half left in regulation but weren't able to get very much in the way of effective scoring chances and they fall three to two overall 35 saves for Corpusalo in this game he the Islanders had 37 shots on goal Tomas Grice with 32 saves on 35 shots so the shots on goal pretty even but when you break down the shooting charts at the end of this game. Again, Columbus with a lot of scoring chances in the prime scoring areas, but you know what? So did the Islanders. In fact, the Islanders had even more quality scoring chances than Columbus, and that just tells you exactly how effective and how good Corpusalo was in the goal for the Blue Jackets frustrating loss for the Islanders overall and uh, not the kind of game you want to lose at home against a team well below you in the standings and not in the playoffs. Eberle with two assists, Barzal a goal and an assist, Anders Lee also with a goal, Islanders struggling in the face-off circle, Sezikis won seven out of 13. But uh, Brock Nelson only wins 9 out of 21. Matthew Barzal just 4 out of 11. Uh, so Sezik is really the only main face-off winner for the Islanders on this day. In the hits department, Andrew Ladd uh, with 5 hits in this game to lead the Islanders. Uh, 4 hits for Ryan Pulak. But here's the problem. Uh, the Pelic, Noah Dobson, third pairing. Uh, Pellick a minus two. Dobson a minus one in this game. Uh, Three block shots for Nick Letty. We give him credit for that. And as far as ice time is concerned, Ryan Pulak with almost 24 minutes to lead the Islanders. Among forwards, Brock Nelson led the way with 20 minutes and three seconds of ice time. couple of statistical notes right now. Anders Lee now has goals in back-to-back games and has a three-game point-scoring streak. Barzal has now scored in three straight games and leads the Islanders with 16. We talked about Eberle now, nine points, one goal, eight assists in his last seven games. And Johnny Boychuk now has three points in his last three games that is one goal and two assists. Islanders will not be home again in 2019 as they close out the home portion of their schedule for this calendar year. All right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we'll start breaking down the Islanders team of the decade for the 2010s. More to come here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, so... Usually this is the point in the show where we do this date in Islanders history, but believe it or not, on Christmas Eve day, on December 24th in their entire history, dating back to 1972, the New York Islanders have never played a hockey game on New Year's Eve. So instead, we decided today to take a special look at the all-decade team since the decade of the 2010s is coming to a close, uh, at the end of this week. So here it is, uh, best players on the Islanders from 2009, 2010 through the present day. Uh, we'll start at the center position and look, he may not be popular right now, but John Tavares has to be the number one center on this team over the last decade. Uh, first overall pick in the 2009 draft, was the centerpiece of this team, and eventually it's captain, and there's just no way that you could have an Islanders uh, all-decade team without John Tavares. Got to include Matthew Barzal. He joined the team in 2016, won the Calder Trophy uh, in 2017-2018, and Look, last year wasn't as strong as far as his offensive production was concerned, but uh, I think he learned to be a more responsible player overall and a better overall player and fit into that Barry Trot system this year, looking stronger than ever, and uh, I think Barzal definitely belongs on the team Got to also put Brock Nelson on this club. Nelson, uh, been with the team since 2013. Obviously a big part of the team's success now. And uh, again, Brock Nelson, no way you can omit him from this decade team. Also, you know, came down to two other players I was thinking about for the fourth center spot. You could go Casey Sezekis. But I I think you have to go with Franz Nielsen. Nielsen, who was with the team from 2006 to 2016, really, uh, first of all, good defensive player, could play on your first line if need be, but ideal for the second or third line. Also on penalty shots and shootouts, the best player the Islanders had for a number of years. So I'm going to give Franz Nielsen the edge over Casey Sizikis, but not by much. All right, we go to the left wing, Anders Lee. Uh, Anders Lee, definitely uh, far and away the best player at this position. Been with the team since 2012-2013. Been full-time for the last five years plus, and is now the team's captain since John Tavares left. 152 goals, 106 assists, and... Uh, you know, just overall belongs on this all-decade team. We'll also go with Matt Molson. Yes, he was only with the team from 2009 to 2013, but uh, look, three full seasons with the Islanders, 30 goals each of those seasons, a great pairing with John Tavares, and again, one of those guys who seemingly came from nowhere to become a very productive player. So uh, we go with Molson as the second player on this list. Third, we're going to go with Anthony Beauvillier. In addition to the team back in 2016, 2017, he's got, you know, he's been productive, He is learning still, hasn't even really uh, reached his full potential. But we're going to go with Beauvilliers as the third line left winger. And for the fourth line, got to go with Matt Martin. With the team from 2010 to 2016 and then rejoining them in 2018, hard worker, tough checker, penalty killer. Uh, Will score the odd goal, great in the locker room, a leader on the team. Uh, Gotta add Matt Martin on the fourth line left wing. All right, right wings. Gotta start with Josh Bailey. Been with the team since 2008. Uh, Not the most popular guy early on in his career, I guess because the Islanders could have drafted some other highly touted players, but traded down before selecting Bailey. But boy, has he been the heart and soul of this team in a lot of ways, and been with the team so long, a leader, selfless, quiet, can play, power play, penalty kill, top three lines easily, and to 2016, and a great goal scorer, had good chemistry with John Tavares, and truly belongs on this all-decade team when all is said and done. All right, rounding out the wingers right now, we'll go with Jordan Eberly, who's been a consistent uh, contributor over the last couple of years. Not outstanding, but consistent and, and solid. And then we're going to go with Cal Clutterbuck, who has provided a lot of leadership and grit since joining the team back in 2013. All right, It's time to look at defensemen, and you got to start with Boychuk and Letty. That duo, by far, uh, has been the most dominant over the course of the decade for the Islanders. You have to uh, include them, and, and Garth Snow, you know, a lot of people question some of his acquisitions, but picking up both of these players right before the waiver deadline to help free up salary cap from their respective teams among his best moves as GM of the New York Islanders. Have to include Travis Hamanick on this team. He was a hard-working player. He was with the team from 2010 to 2017. Asked for a trade, but handled himself in a classy way throughout and uh, definitely deserves to be on this team. So does Thomas Hickey. One of those guys who everybody always said was too slow and too small and whatever you want to say, but he always got the job done and scored a lot of clutch goals as well. And then for the final spot on defense, we're going to go with Calvin DeHaan, uh, who, again, not spectacular, but consistent and steady, and that's going to put him on the team. You go in with the two goalies, got to have Thomas, uh, Thomas Grice on this team. And, uh, you know, he belongs. He's been with the team and been a consistent contributor since joining. And then Yaroslav Halak has got to get the other goaltending spot. Again, over the course of the decade, Halak played a lot of big games and helped this tenure with the Islanders. All right, that is going to do it for us on today's show. want to wish everybody a very happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, and uh happy Kwanzaa and... Just happy holidays for whatever anybody is celebrating. Don't forget, if you have a question or a comment, you want to comment on this all-decade team that I put together, feel free, send us an email, the address, as always, lockedonislanders at gmail.com, and uh, just leave your name and where you're from, and we'll be happy to mention your comment or discuss whatever it is you want to discuss on the air. You could follow the show on Twitter at at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. Have a very happy holiday time. We'll be back Thursday with our next show, and uh, see you on the other side. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.